Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that you, Filmo? Who's asking? Well, me. The words came out of my mouth. Hey, you want to get on this stagecoach so I can arrest you a little bit and then let you go by the end of the movie? You've got yourself a passenger. Just great. let me saddle on over there. Okay, move slower and talk slower. That's great. Let's make okay. this movie at least nine hours long. Here we go. Great. I'm getting on the stage. Hey, look, it's Ringo. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I'm Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. On this show, we take a classic movie, we see how it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time, its reputation is, holy shit, that's old. <laughs> its reputation, I guess, is still good. Boy, oh boy, it inspired a whole bunch of filmmakers, even ones that are living today, because they oh my love God, yes. John Ford. Yeah. Why? I guess we will be exploring that question in today's show. I guess. Show. I don't know. What I'll be exploring is my navel. Because Jesus Christ, I was bored. It was like, <laughs> hey, every single thing that you hate about a Western is in this movie, Jason. I'm like, oh boy, it, has it been that long since I've seen it? Have I changed that much? I'm like, yeah, you're old. You got heart disease. What do you want? You're an old man. You have heart disease. You're going to die soon. You you're didn't need bitter to waste, and you hate everything. You wasted even more of your precious moments left on earth to watch this goddamn movie so why not hey steve how do you what's the name of this movie filled with dead people that we're supposed to be so impressed with why it's none other than stagecoach hooray stagecoach ay, 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 or whatever i don't yeah whatever the song is hey steve yes, do you sir. have any trivia for this classic western stagecoach I do have trivia for Stagecoach. I do. Mm, okay, let's hear it's it. It's my job. It's my job it's your, to look up it's trivia your for job. the show. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Stagecoach was the first major Hollywood production to be shot in Monument Valley. In fact, before the production yep. came to Monument Valley to shoot Stagecoach, there weren't even paved roads out to the locations. Um, no idiot wanted to live out there. No. <laughs> and of course, after this movie came out and was a Plenty big of hit, idiots it, wanted to live out there. <laughs> it, it became a, a, a very popular location for films um, oh, yeah. after this. And uh, John Ford would uh, eventually shoot portions of a total of 10 movies uh, in Monument Valley, including mm. some of his most celebrated works such as My Darling Clementine, a personal favorite of mine, uh, Fort Apache, and uh -huh. The Searchers, which we have reviewed on this show, The Searchers. Yeah, yeah let's um, relive that. Is it? <laughs> I think we're about to, because there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> um, so this was also John Ford's first sound Western. Uh -huh. And it is also the only Western for which John Ford was nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. Um, John Ford was nominated for Best Director at the Oscars, I think a total of four times, or no, he was uh, he was nominated five times. Um, he won four times. All of the times he won were for non-Westerns. This was the only time he was nominated for Best Director for directing a Western, and it's also the only time he was nominated that he lost. So, um, and as I think as, as usually happens, 
like this movie is better remembered now than most of the movies he actually won for. I think the sure. only one you could, I mean, he did win best director for the quiet man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, no, I, I think he won for grapes of wrath too. So those are two yeah, that are I like so on too, equal yeah. an equal level to this one in terms of how well people remember them. But um, anyway, this is also, of course, if it's known for anything among the general audience today, um, it's the movie that made John Wayne into a movie star. Mm-hmm. John Wayne had been working as an actor for 13 years yep. when he made this movie, and mm-hmm. he had appeared in 80 films. And Stagecoach finally was his big break. His um, his previous big break, or his the previous attempt at having a big break was in 1930. He made a movie called The Big Trail, which was the first big-budget Hollywood Western of the sound era. And mm-hmm. it was also one of the first widescreen movies. It was shot on an early 70-millimeter process. Um, and it was critically praised, and people said it was a beautiful-looking movie, had wonderful scope and a you know great epic um, Western, but it was not... Not a box office success. Um, it opened in the early years of the sound era, and plus there was the depression going on, and this movie just did not do well at the box office. So John Wayne was shunted back down to B movies and supporting roles, and he didn't get another shot at being a leading man until this. And that's because John Ford had specifically wanted him for this part and cast him in this movie with the intention of this being John Wayne's star-making role, and it was. Um, Despite John Ford wanting John Wayne for the role, John Wayne was not seen as a bankable star, and that's why he was given second billing in this to Claire Trevor, because Claire Trevor was a bigger star than John Wayne. It appear until a half hour in the movie. Well, but, you know, he he's I think you it's it's tough to to judge because it is kind of an ensemble cast. But I it's think the it, love it, boat, but it's a stagecoach. And so he's it's, the, like part of the ensemble, the love coach, uh, the love coach. Anyway, yeah, um, so John Wayne was also the second lowest paid member of the principal cast. Only John Carradine was paid less. I don't oh, know for who his, John Car- his monumental role in this movie. I don't know who John Carradine pissed off, but he got paid the least of the regular cast in the movie. Um, you mentioned this movie has inspired filmmakers uh, all the way down to today. One of the filmmakers, one of the first significant filmmakers it it inspired was Orson Welles. This was one of the movies that Orson Welles studied okay. as let's, as he let's, was. Let's let's say something. Okay, go ahead. Yes, no, you, this was one of the films. This was one of the films that Orson Welles studied as he was preparing Citizen Kane. Yeah. Um, and he specifically borrowed the technique of shooting interiors on sets that had ceilings so that you could shoot a low camera angle and you could see the ceiling of the set that made it feel it, it made it feel more like an actual place instead of just a set on a soundstage. And also the reason why John Ford did that was because he wanted the interiors to feel very closed in and claustrophobic like, to until, contrast until they were with, on the fucking yeah. stagecoach. To, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah so that the that the the you know one of the most celebrated things in terms of cinematography about citizen kane is they orson wells and greg tolan the cinematographer they built their sets with roofs with with ceilings so they could shoot you know low angles and you could see the ceilings of all the rooms they were in and that was that was actually done first in stage or i don't know if stagecoach was the first film ever to do it but stagecoach is where orson wells got the idea for it so mm-hmm. there you go yeah what else you, okay. Um, and this this I found was interesting. This is this is the last bit of trivia. At some point, 
the original negatives for the movie were lost. Yay. Oh, what? <laughs> and that's why nobody watches Stagecoach anymore. <laughs> no, um, the original negatives were lost. And in 1970, a new set of negatives were made off of a pristine print of the film that was owned by John Wayne himself. John mm. Wayne had in his private collection a print, a complete print of uh, Stagecoach that had actually never been shown. It had never been put through a projector. It was like a perfect, pristine, brand new print of the movie. Mm. And they used that to strike a new negative. And since then, every modern print and home video release of the movie, including the restoration of it that was done in 1996, I think, that is now the version that, you know, you find streaming and on video and stuff. It's all derived from that negative that was wow. created from John Wayne's personal print. So if John Wayne had not saved a personal copy of Stagecoach in a perfect print that he never showed anybody, we might not have, at least we, we wouldn't have as high quality version of Stagecoach as we have today. Sure. So thank God. There you go. Are you done? Are you done? <laughs> I'm done. I'm okay, done. Great. This movie was directed by John Ford, and you know him from the movies like The Grapes of Wrath, The Quiet Man, and The Searchers. Hooray! So he shoots landscapes good, don't he? He sure do. And does he shoot anything else good? Well, I think Steve and I. He does so good. He does so good with the landscapes. Like, what else do you need? You know, he should have been a nature photographer. <laughs> now, I'm, this is so honestly, he should have been a nature photographer. No one should have put a script in his hand. And said, "Is this good?" He but probably doesn't know. He probably nah. It's an hour and a half <laughs> long. And I can get it shot. Where's my money? Greatest depiction of John Ford is done by, believe it or not, David Lynch. David and Lynch. God, yeah. In that, that goddamn movie, he's the best thing, yeah. and he comes at the very end of the movie. <laughs> Should from below, interesting. Should it from above, interesting. In the middle, it's shit. Get the it's fuck shit. I'm beating little Steven Spielberg to death. Right there. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, you've probably seen the baby. Um, screenplay by Dudley Nichols. Nothing. I can't find anything from him. Based on the straight, the stage to Lordsburg by Ernest Hycox. Whatever. Produced by Walter Wagner, who did The Sheik and Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Cleopatra. Jesus. Mm. Starring Claire Trevor as Dallas. And you know her in Key Largo. That, that's about it. Hey, what is she in the movie that no one ever says, Steve? What is she's she a, in the movie? She's, she's a, a lady of the night. Damn whore! That's what she's she a is. sex. She's a sex worker. She's well, a working girl. To the movie's credit, it's only implied. Yes. By the way, she's treated right. Yes, and also to the movie's credit, the hero of the movie, John Wayne's character, always treats her with nothing but respect. Like when sure, the other but the only reason they can get away with it because the Dumbo's out there went. I wonder why she's been driven out of town. Oh, I don't get it. What, what's her how come she can't eat with everybody else? Why is How come people her? don't like her? She seems fine. Charles <laughs> uh. is starring John Wayne as the Ringo Kid. And if I have to tell you who John Wayne is, just lay down in the in the ground now. It's fine. Give Jesus. up on movies. This is this isn't for you. This isn't for you. <laughs> Andy Devine is Buck Cookie, and he's better known as Roy Rogers' sidekick. Yeah. 
And for that voice alone and this character alone, that's what he's known for. Jeez Louise. John Carradine is Hatfield. And you know John Carradine is the sire of all the other Carradines. <laughs> you know, he's been he's been in a lot of movies, usually playing a bad guy. He's not playing a he bad guy. He was in Grapes in of Wrath. He's yeah, he's he's been well, a lot I mean, of stuff. The movie doesn't think he's a bad guy. But being me and Steve know he's a fucking secesh. He's that's right. He's a southern <laughs> gentleman. Uh-huh. He's a southern gentleman ga- gambler man. Was just gonna make sure that what's her face does get ravaged by those Indians. He's gonna blow her brains out. He's gonna blow her brains out. Oh, what a gentleman! What a gallant <laughs> chap. <laughs> Thomas Mitchell is Doc Boone, and you know him as Uncle Billy from It's a Wonderful Life. That's right. Louis Platt as Lucy Mallory. Nothing. George Bancroft as Curly. Nothing. Donald Meek as Peacock. And he was in the movie You Can't Take It With You, which is a decent film, but not very many. Very, and a familiar there. face. Like you've, you've probably yeah. seen him in something. Yeah, you've seen him in something. Uh, Burton Churchill as Gatewood. Nothing. Tim Holt as the lieutenant. And you saw him in The Magnificent Ambersons and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Tom Tyler as Luke Plummer. And he was in The Adventures of Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think Captain Marvel. He was Captain Marvel, absolutely. Yeah, mm. his big his big role. Which must have been a disappointment to the guy who created him because who he drew him after was uh oh shit, never mind. He was the Nutty Professor, the original, not the not the remake. Fred McMurray. Oh, Fred McMurray. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. he used Fred McMurray as the as the template for Captain Marvel. My favorite um, part in that my favorite part in that original Captain Marvel serial is there's a scene where Captain Marvel picks up an engine and throws it at a guy's head. Like a car engine, throws it at a guy's head. <laughs> Good for you, Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> um cinematography by Burt Glennon, and he was a cinematographer Rio Grande, edited by Otho Loveridge. And uh he edited The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Hey. And also Dorothy Spencer, who edited my darling Clementine. Huh. Wonder what that connective tissue is. I don't know. Anyway, um Weird. music by now this is the part that just fucking music by <laughs> music by everybody who by was doing everyone music. on the walking past <laughs> the fucking studio that day. Dor- uh Richard Hagman, who also did music for the three godfathers, Frank Harling, Louis Grunberg, John Leopold. Leo Shukin, who also worked around on Around the World in 80 Days, Jared Carbonara. That's you made up that name. You made up that name. You're, you were sitting there eating dinner, and they said, Okay, there's already too many Steven Schmeckbergs. What are you going to be? And he's like, I don't know. He looks down at his plate. Carbonara. I'm Gerard Carbonara. No, you're not. Seriously. And, and Steven, Steven Pasternacki. Why? How? Why, Steve? Why are there that many people for music? And and you know what's crazy? The music is by far the least memorable thing in this movie. I know it like, is. Nobody can hum a single line from the score of this movie. Yet somehow they needed people like leaving the a studio dozen and people shot. Right is there an unsolved <laughs> murder mystery in Hollywood? The people, you know, the musicians that were killed for Stagecoach. <sighs> Production company Walter Wagner Productions, distributed by United Artists. Release date. March 3rd, 1939. Budget $531,000 adjusted for inflation, $11.7 million. 
Box office, $24.3 million. So I guess it made its money back. Huh, Steve? Huh. Yes, I believe it did. That's why I we got stagecoach two and stagecoach three. And, <laughs> and super stagecoach. And where did the stagecoach go? <laughs> guess who's coming to stagecoach? And Yeah, exactly. I've gone bonkers. <laughs> guess who's coming to stagecoach? <laughs> guess who's coming to stagecoach? <laughs> Makes no sense on any level. The CBS Stagecoach Variety Hour once TV came along. And of course, the long-running sitcom Stagecoach. Yes, starring Andy <laughs> Devine, who was the only cast member who came back. Because they glued him to that fucking stagecoach. <laughs> they scene. glued him to that stagecoach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, are you ready? Yeah, am I ready to, to go to the wonderful world of... 1880s America. It's 1880s America. This is the most sanitized West you could possibly get. True. I mean, Very Jesus true. Christ. All right. That's you and I clamber on board the stagecoach. Make sure we got guns to shoot as many Native Americans as we possibly can. <laughs> and ride off into the world of Stagecoach, Steve. Jesus fucking God. Yes. <laughs> Please just do it. What okay. is this about? What's happening? Okay, so it's a, it's, it's. I think it's somewhere in Arizona, supposedly, where it starts. I mean, I mean they, they got to get from, Arizona. they got to get from um, Arizona to New Mexico in this to New Mexico to Lordsburg, which is mm -hmm. where they're going in New Mexico. So it's and it's a stagecoach, mm -hmm. and it arrives in town, and it's no, driven. No. No, no <laughs> we come upon an encampment of American stormtroopers. I'm sorry, cavalry. And oh, that's like, right. Oh yes. no, the, the the that's right the, because we have to establish the threat first. Yeah. yeah, the telegraph cut off. They only got one word. What was that word? Toilet paper. Geronimo. <laughs> what? Geronimo. Geronimo. What does that mean? I don't know. It means the Apache are out and causing trouble. Dun 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 dun. It's gonna and be then, a bad week for white people. Oh, it's gonna be a bad week for Native. <laughs> it's gonna be a bad eighty years for Native Americans. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> so we cut to town and we see a stagecoach come in and there's a lady on it and there's a guy on it and there's, I think there's two ladies on it, isn't it? Yeah, doesn't one of them get off and stay in town? Because the I other don't. one is 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 Mrs. Mallory who is insisting that she has to travel on because she's. Trying to get she's to her meet husband, her husband who's in the cavalry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and she's like, I gotta go meet my husband because he hasn't seen my vagina. And also, I think I'm pregnant. Wait, she's not the pregnant one, is she? Yeah, she is. is she but nobody said. But nobody says that until she how? has a baby. Until she goes, oh, I'm having a baby, and they're like, how she, did it come out of your leg? What? She's You're not pregnant. She liar. There, there are there are references to her not being well. <laughs> But nobody says because, or even okay, hints that thing, she's guys. pregnant until she has a baby. The code's done been passed. And not only are yes. they so afraid of sex in these goddamn movies, but they don't even say she's pregnant until it's time for her to done give yeah. birth, right? You, you can show Indians as bloodthirsty savages, but you mm. can't even suggest that a woman is pregnant. Yep. No, you can't. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, so they don't get off. And uh, the Wells Fargo comes and dumps off a bunch of money at the bankers. And uh, we meet uh, the doctor who's drunk. Yeah, Doc Boone. He, 
Doc Boone, and he's being run out of town for some lady for some reason. Who knows what reason? Yeah, her yeah, name exactly. Is, her name is Dallas. Her full name is Dallas McSpreadserlegs. We still don't know why. <laughs> well, she's what does she do for a living? Down, yeah, but there's a whole yeah. bunch of ladies walking after him, and these fucking Coldstone bitches are the Justice League. What are they called? Yeah, they're, they're like the the pick a little, talk Justice. a little, cheap, cheap, cheap gang from the well, no, music man. Like, like, wear like ribbons and stuff. Yeah. Right? They're like the Temperance League or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When, once again, we have to raise the question. These people live in the middle of a fucking desert and no one ever stops to say, what are these people fucking doing? They're not farming. <laughs> They're right. not raising cattle. What are they doing in the middle of nowhere? Exactly. Nothing. You have to. <laughs> there's got to be a source of something. We're, we're just here. We're just here. <laughs> we exist here the trope one of why hates a lot of westerns and this one is we have a town in the middle of fucking nowhere that does nothing there's with a no bunch of people that have no <laughs> visible means of support and there's no, no reason water to be there's nothing there's not a gold mine yeah. there's not a silver strike nothing and there so, are references there are references to cattle ranches but we never see how we never see one. them because there's no <laughs> way they'd stay alive anyway so we, there's none there's no way they'd stay alive. You so, don't think they could? There's not enough grass in Arizona to feed herds of cattle. Yeah, it's a doc drinky drunk and the prostitute. Yeah, are being they're leaving. Um, the doc is being thrown out because he doesn't have any money. Right. Um, I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the Temperance League or whatever they're calling themselves, they lie and want him gone too. And so he stops off at a bar to get one last drink, and he's he's just such a stereotypical drunk guy. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Here's your drink." And then he meets a guy who's like a town to town liquor salesman. Yeah, imagine the luck. The alcoholic doctor runs into a whiskey salesman at the bar. Here's here's your job. You go town to town and you sell a single bottle of whiskey. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> he's like the isn't he like the representative of a larger whiskey company and he's like trying to get them to it's to gotta be yeah. a risky it's like and gotta be a like a, samples, a sample right? case yeah yeah and so he meets mr peacock a, so the drunk meets him mr peacock and he drinks and he's like yay and we're like oh god so now it's time for the stagecoach to go and they talk a little bit about good old what's his name the Ringo Kid, the Johnny Ringo, Ringo Kid, Ringo yeah, just, Fingo, just <laughs> broke out of just just broke out of jail, out of the penitentiary. What yeah. did he do to get in there, Steve? Um, I don't think. Do they say? Um, is the correct answer. I don't I'm think sure they, they say, did, but we're not supposed yeah. to care about that. But he broke out because he heard that his father and his brother were just murdered by that low down, dirty Luke Plummer, and that's why he's. On his way to Lordsburg, because that's where Plummer is, and he's going to take his revenge. Gee, yeah. I sure hope they don't run into him on the way. Some revolver justice. Let's God, yeah. let's hope that this isn't some stupid rumor started by nobody that has no basis in fact, and he's just going off to go kill people. Hey, maybe <laughs> it was the guy who actually killed your father and brother that started the rumor. You know, to throw <laughs> off the set. You think you ever think that Ringo kid? Nope. Anyway, the sheriff was like. Yeah, I hope I I love that Ringo so much. He's so great. I love him, but I better not run into him because then I'll have to arrest him. I'll take him back to prison. 
And Annie Devine's like, I'm a stereotype. I'm married to a Mexican woman and she sure loves beans. And you're like, shut up. I'm going to stick this gun in your mouth. I swear to fucking Christ. Just shut drive the, the goddamn up. stage, coach. Just shut your mouth and drive. Shut up, fuck. I hate you. And you're like, just, what? Just, just call the horse sweetheart and do nothing else. <laughs> So all these people are getting onto the stagecoach. The stagecoach is going to go from wherever they are, but fuck Arizona to, you know, <laughs> to Lordsburg, Glory Hole, New Mexico, Glory Hole, New Mexico. Yes, exactly. That's where they're going. They're going to do it, right, Steve? That's that's the plan. <laughs> so as they're leaving, then the banker gets on. Yes, and the banker's like nothing, 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 nothing. I'm getting on nothing, nothing. I'm I'm good. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't have any money. (laughs) Any money. Just let's go. Okay. Why does the gambler go? Um, doesn't he get on for Mrs. Mallory? Yeah. Why Hatfield gets on to escort Mrs. Mallory so she can meet her husband. And he fought when we find out that he fought for the Confederacy. So fuck him. Yeah. He's not, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not on the top of my list of (laughs) sympathetic characters. What a great yeah. character. Anyway, so they're all going. Oh, the the, the, the prostitute. It's the prostitute, the whiskey salesman, the drunk doctor. Yes. Um, the, the pregnant lady. The pregnant lady. Ooh, shut up. Shut up. Shush. Oh, sorry. Secret the lady, going, the, the lady going to meet her husband. Sorry. Yes. Secret Definitely baby. not pregnant. <laughs> Secret baby. And I think that's everyone. The, the sheriff and the, and, and, and Hatfield. Yeah. And Hatfield. Yeah. Sher- yeah. Sheriff and Buck in the front. Yeah. And they're being escorted by soldiers. Why? Yeah, because those dirty, drunken redskins are going to kill all yeah. of them. The Apache. I'm sorry. The Apache. The Apaches. The, the Apache are on the warpath. Led by Geronimo. Oh, no. Oh. And they're going to, they want to, they'll, ooh. They're, they're terrible. Yeah, they're mean. They're they're <laughs> really mad at us. They're really mad at us white people for no reason. They're not fun things <laughs> to kill in our western. Anyway, they leave, and on their way there, they meet old Johnny Ringo, Ringo Stingo, the king, the kid, the Ringo kid. Yeah, and, and the sheriff's like, "Gosh, I don't want to arrest you, but you're under arrest. Get in the stagecoach." And he's like, "Fine." Because I got to go where you're going, and then I'm going to kill me a whole bunch of people, whatever you're saying. Yeah, yeah, he, he's openly saying, when I get to Lordsburg, I'm going to kill two mm-hmm. or three people. Just so everybody knows. People, it's okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll be just be, I'm a murderer. Hi, I'm a murderer. Hi. Hi, I'm a murderer. Not yet, but I will be. I will be real soon. And now the stagecoach is like packed full of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Wayne is sitting on the floor. He's sitting on the floor, and then they make their way to where, whatchamacallit. Their first stop. What is it? They got it. They ride through the desert. Uh, is it Dry Fork? I don't give a shit what it's called. It's yeah, I think it's whatever. Dry Fork because that's where they because that's where Mrs. Mallory is expecting to hook up with her husband, but her husband has already left. Yeah, like the, the like, cavalry has already moved on. She's like, oh no! But the, thankfully, at least they're gonna have some food. They have some vittles, right? They're gonna sit down. They're gonna eat, and the doctor is gonna be drunk more. It's just yes. more people are going to be drunk, and then they're all going to sit down. And John Wayne pulls up a a, ta- a chair for Dallas, and she's like, "Oh, thank you." And she's like, "Don't trip over your vagina on the way here, you fucking whore." He doesn't say that, but the <laughs> other people are like, "Oh no, she can't sit with us." 
And then, and he's like, "Shut up! I'll kill you all. Shoot you. Shut <laughs> I'll murder every out. last motherfucker. Here. Kill everybody." And then they all have dinner, right? Yeah. And, and they one. take I a vote that they take a vote about whether or not they should keep going because they were now that you know the Apache are are out and about, and now that the cavalry is not around to protect them, they they have to decide whether they want to keep going or whether they want to turn back and return to town. And they take mm. a vote and they just they keep going because the movie has to continue. That's right. They have to keep going, and now we have. Is insufferable ride as they're all in the stagecoach. And what do we find out, Steve? Um, that the well, the whiskey salesman dresses like Sherlock Holmes, yeah, and he has like five kids and he's going to see his family. That's right. Oh, Doc knows the Ringo kids' family because he yeah. said brother's broken arm when he was a kid, and that's when we find out that you know, oh, my little brother was murdered. Mm hmm. That's why he's heading to town. Um, so there's some connection between them. Um, the poster yeah, said nine strangers, but they all seem to know each other. They do seem, or, or at least like they've heard of each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if they don't know each other, they've heard of each other. Yeah, you know, they ride all day and then all oh, they stop at some place. I can't remember what it's. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. They're Mexicans there. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> That's is all guy. I remember. The Mexican guy named Chris. That's right. Thoughtful portrayals of Mexican Americans all around, right, sure, Steve? Sure. Chris does get a somewhat funny line though when they find out they Chris is married and Chris is married to an Apache woman. And of course, mm -hmm. the white people see this and one of I think it might be the banker who says, like, you're married to an Apache? Why she's there, don't you know that they're savages? And Chris kind of shrugs and goes, hey, okay, maybe she's a little savage sometimes. <laughs> Hate it. Oh, we forgot. We forgot all the way back in town. Some people came in to report on the Apaches, and one of us is a Native American, and they show him. He has no lines. He stares off into the into the far distance, crying inside for his lost culture, and then we cut away from him. There because you have the your. It's not about your, him. <laughs> it's the cultural sensitivity of 1939. Exactly. We showed a Native American who looked like he was a being exploited and b not happy to be on set at all. Yeah. Right, Steve. Well, I mean, he and probably he, read the script and was like, "All right, they're paying me. I guess I'll do this." <laughs> he has no lines. He didn't even need to write a script. They threw a blanket on him and put him a hat. Put Just a stand there. Put a Look over there. <laughs> Anyway, at this next stop, there's love feelings, and the lady goes into birth, right? And everyone's yeah. like, "Wait, yeah, she babies come out of women? Where do they come out of women to, from?" <laughs> she 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 collapses, and there's this whole big, you know, bit where uh, the drunken doctor has to sober himself up because now his medical skills are needed because this woman is in distress. That's right. And all all we know is that the woman collapsed, and she's been mm. carried into bedroom so the doc finally he drinks a bunch of coffee he gets water thrown in his face he gets smacked around he's sobered up he goes into the room and then like we cut to a few hours later and it's dallas walking out with a baby in her arms and we're like oh shit i guess she was pregnant <laughs> how is that possible so then they take another vote do we keep going on or you turn back and we're guess we what? Live here forever. <laughs> we just stay here forever. <laughs> Fuck it. And what did what do they decide, Steve? Well, they decide to to keep going, of course. Of course. And they gotta cross a river and 
What else? What other fucking meaningless nonsense do uh, they do? The Apaches attack at one point. Yeah, I know. And, and they shoot a whole bunch, bunch of horses. Them. And yeah. John Kerry. And they're running out of bullets. They're run- oh, no. They're running out of bullets. Oh, that's right. We have for the big we attack. Have, yeah. They're, we yeah. have too many Indians and not enough bullets, Steve. We can't, and we can't kill them all. John Carradine's going to blow the brains out of some woman because I guess. Well, yeah. The, the, the new mother, Mrs. Mallory. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's better to die than be captured. But he gets shot. And then she yeah. goes, can you hear him? And we're like, what? I hear the soundtrack. And they're like, no, can you hear him? They're coming. The cavalry. And then, oh, of course, here comes the good old American stormtroopers coming to kill. Yeah. General yeah, Custer the to the rescue. Hooray. And they get to town. And what immediately happens in town is the banker gets arrested. Why is he arrested? Because he was he was stealing from the bank. Good for him. I wish he had gotten away, but he doesn't. He gets arrested, and then (laughs) Ringo Kid is off to look for the guys he's going to murder. Right? Yeah. Well, the the sheriff lets him go. Uh, Well, no. What happens? The sheriff doesn't want to let him go, but he gets to they get to town, and uh, Ringo wants because Ringo has asked Dallas to marry him by this point. Oh, yeah, because they've and got she, together a couple of stuff. Yeah. So they've known each other for two days, and now they're going to get married. Yeah, exactly. And so he says to the to the sheriff or the marshal or whoever, he says, uh, just give me 10 minutes so I can walk Dallas home, and then I give you my word. I'll come back, and you can take me back to prison. So the, the sheriff is like, okay. So, of course. <laughs> the sheriff's like, all right. So, of course, yeah, yeah. Ringo is like, okay, just just give me a few minutes. And he grabs his rifle and he immediately goes <laughs> and well, he walks her home first. He walks her home and wouldn't the story change and, if he had been in penitentiary for touching kids? If that was not the thing, quite, yeah, he's, like, oh, he's not yeah, as sympathetic. Always... <laughs> he's not as sympathetic, is he, if he's in there for that? You're like, oh, I, I hope I hope Plummer kills him. <laughs> I'm rooting for Luke Plummer pretty hard now, all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Anyway, he finds him and he shoots him dead. Pretty it's much. not yeah. it's it's just you know again one against three and he's like i got a i got a rifle and i'm gonna kill everybody and he kills them all yeah and we're like okay and then what is he the the, the sheriff says get on this buggy yeah and this girl get on the buggy you know dallas yeah and then he whew, hip-hop, and they go riding off Right. Yeah. Basically, the sheriff lets him go. The sheriff lets yeah. him go. He committed three acts of four acts of murder that we think of with a maybe. <laughs> who knows? And he turns to the doctor who managed to get sober enough to deliver a baby. And he goes, let me give you a drink. And he's like, yay, drinking. And they leave <laughs> and they move. And we cut. To let the- me get that. Let me get that monkey on your back again, doc. <laughs> we follow the out of control buggy as it's racing towards the. <laughs> There's a sunset. You see it flip over. They both dragged underneath the horses and died. Help. The horses won't stop me. Oh my God, it happened. <laughs> my legs are broke. One of them's off. Oh my God. <laughs> One of my legs is off. Help. And that's it. There we go. We're done. Woo. Yippee and yeehaw, Steve. Yeah, I know you liked it. You're gonna give it a positive I, review, you bastard! God I did damn like it. it! I, did I know like you it. did. I know I you did. did. Steve, how did you uh, feel about this fucking movie, Stagecoach? Go for it. I did like it, but I acknowledge that it's tough to 
review because it has been so cannibalized by later movies. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's no exaggeration. Like think of a cliche from Western movies and it almost certainly originated in this movie. I mean, it's like the character types, the fucking cavalry riding to the rescue at the end. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. like all the stuff that you imagine in like a, a cliched Western movie it's here in this movie and the fact that it's in this movie and that this movie was a big success. Like that's why those things became cliches because everybody was like, well, let's just do what stagecoach did. I mean, it's one of the most influential movies on a particular genre. Even that worse. There, that said, there is. Let's do what stagecoach did, but remove the stagecoach. So we're stuck in this shitberg town for the <laughs> entire true. movie. What if this, what if like they just didn't go anywhere? <laughs> uh, we could try it. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's tough to view with fresh eyes because it has, you know, you've seen, even if you've never seen the actual movie before, you've seen bits and pieces of it scattered across hundreds of other movies. But I mean, if you can, if you can look at it with fresh eyes and you can judge it on its own merit, um, I think it's a great movie. It's um, it's technically superb, as most of John Ford's stuff was. Um, I mean, you have to sort of like I, I do sort of wince at a lot of those horse race or those horse chase scenes because I know how cruelly those you're watching were those treated. horses really get hurt bad. Yeah. yeah. When whenever they do a spill where like a horse falls down and a guy, get, I mean, that's that horse is actually being tripped and is falling. Mm-hmm. And, and, a and lot what's of those really horses, funny about it is it makes yeah. no sense. It literally makes no sense. The guy is getting shot, not the horse. Yeah, why would the, the horse? Why wouldn't the horse just... again? So, what yeah. force is causing the horse to fall over? Other yeah. than we're tripping the horses, it's okay. We like doing it. Yeah, it, it looks good on camera. So you know, I like watching horses fall down and hurt themselves. I jerk off yeah. when I watch it. So don't, <laughs> don't judge me when don't I like judge it. Me. Just give me my money. Um. Mm. But yeah, so I mean, there are things like that that you have to sort of make allowances for and be like, oh, but I mean, it's it's really well made. Um, it has a large cast of characters. They all have their own little stories, most of which would later individually be the premises of their own movies. You know, like mm. each one of these little stories, like you could take each one of them and make your own Western about it. And everybody eventually did pretty much, um, you know, and and. It's 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 only about an hour and a half long. So even though it has this large cast with, you know, multiple things going on and a lot of backstory and a lot of incident and characters with, you know, their own motives and their own secrets that need to be revealed, like it's it's very economical. Um, It gets everything in in an hour and a half. And it's the movie that made John Wayne a star and it should have. You know, I mean, I know that you and I feel differently about John Wayne as an actor. I think I, I like him a lot more than you do. I hate um, him. I think as a human being, he was a fucking disaster. But I mean, as an he's actor, a scumbag, and he was a, and a worthless hack of an actor. He played the same an goddamn part every single goddamn time. As an actor, I like him. I like him a lot more than you do. And um, this, you know, his introduction in the movie. It it feels quaint by today's standards. It's a little bit like it reminds me a little bit of the the famous Steve McQueen jump in The Great Escape, 
where like you hear so much about it and then you actually watch mm -hmm. it and your first reaction is, well, that was it. Mm -hmm. But then you go back and watch it again and you're like, oh, actually that was kind of incredible. But it's, it's like a quick moment in the movie and the movie doesn't go out of its way to underline it and circle it and make sure that, you know, it's like right in your face. You just are allowed to watch it and take it in. And John Wayne's introduction in this movie is a really celebrated shot and a really celebrated introduction of a character. And when you watch it with modern eyes, at first, it doesn't really seem that impressive because it's just like a tracking shot that pushes in on him, like from like a long shot right up into a close up on his face. And, you know, at first you're like, well, that was the big John Wayne introduction. Like that was it. But mm -hmm. it's the only shot like that in the movie. Nobody else mm -hmm. gets an introduction like that. Nobody else gets no. a shot like that period in at any point in the movie. No. It's the only it's the only camera move like that in the movie. And it's not sure. like John Ford's camera was locked down. Like his camera was, you know, he was a, he was a very visually uh, adept filmmaker, but the only shot like that of a of a fast push in from a wide to a close up for a character is that shot of John Wayne. And, you know, he's doing his little thing where he twirls the rifle to cock it, which would become one of his signature moves. And it's it, it's sending the message to the audience. This guy is important. This guy is a big deal. This guy is a star. It sends that message and it puts that across. And his presence in the rest of the movie carries that off. And you accept it like, oh, actually, this guy does seem like a big deal. This guy does seem like he could be a movie star. Um, and at the time the movie came out, a lot of people had no idea who he was because even though he had been a working actor for a long time, he was not a star and he, he had rarely been put in a leading role. So here's this fresh faced guy. All of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, who's this guy? You know, um, beyond John Wayne. I mean, the cast is just, it's, um, a murderer's row of character actors doing great mm -hmm. work. I mean, we, Andy divine, you know, is like you mentioned him as being cookie from the, the Roy Rogers movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also did a bunch of, he did a bunch of movie Westerns and he was on, he did a bunch of TV stuff. Um, John Carradine, Thomas Mitchell, like uh, Claire Trevor, who was the biggest star at the, at the time. Um, I mean, these are just, it's a lot of recognizable faces, mostly character actors doing solid work and, and carrying this thing. You know, um, like most Westerns, like really all Westerns from this era, the the depiction of Native Americans is terrible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're just there's no they're 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 just a threat. They're just a threatening thing out mm -hmm. there in the wilderness. They're just enemies to be run from or to be shot. And and, and that's it. They're savages. Hey, they're what villains. does the movie think about Mexicans? It doesn't think too much of Mexicans either. Mm. Me Mexicans are are comic relief. You know, they're like clowns. Yep. They're like, oh, those silly Mexicans. Oh, look at them. You know, um, I mean, and really the, the only reason why the portrayal of the Apache in the movie isn't worse is because you don't really see that much of them. You know, mm -hmm. they're mostly off screen. So they're not explicitly depicted as like bloodthirsty monsters, but they're implicitly depicted as that because that's how the other characters respond to them and there's nothing in the movie that contradicts that mm -hmm. like there's no there's nothing like i know i remember you and i had a little bit of an argument about uh the way the native american characters are portrayed in the searchers which yep. is also largely very negative but at least in the searchers there are little moments and little scenes to humanize the native american characters and to give a oh, sense that or to, 
to give a sense that they have a culture and they have a civilization and they're people, they're not just, you know, these monsters, but the Apache in this, there's none of that. They're just two dimensional, you know, they're bad guys and they're bad and they're evil and we have to run from them. And, you know, they're super they threatening. They deserve to die. They deserve to die because they, because they want to kill us for no reason at all. We didn't do anything no, to we them. Didn't no, we didn't do anything series. at all. Nope. We're just here minding our own business on land that was free to take. And that's, that's what right. we did. Because they um, didn't believe in ownership or some bullshit. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And that's, you know, like with the searchers, like with a lot of Westerns and especially John Ford Westerns, but Westerns by everybody. I mean, the depiction of, of Native Americans is awful and it's a, a, a relic of the era. And it's just one of those things that if you if you enjoy Westerns and you like classic western movies and you have you know an awareness of that and that's something that matters to you you need to be ready for it and you need to you, you need know, to just avoid the fucking movie don't watch it yeah e well yeah either don't watch the movie or be able to compartmentalize it or to put it in its place and say this is a product of the time and it sucks and i you know it's too bad that it happened this way but it's a part of the film and it has to be dealt with you know mm -hmm. but um it's it's not John Ford's first film by a long shot. He like John Wayne, he had been working for forever and uh had made silent movies and now was making sound movies. Mm -hmm. Not his first movie, not his first western, but in mm -hmm. many ways it's his it's his definitive one. It's sure. the one that that sets his image in the public consciousness as the greatest director of westerns, you know, mm -hmm. because like we've been talking about, you've got all the classic ingredients. You've got you've got Monument Valley. You've got cowboys and Indians. You've got the cavalry charging to the rescue. You've got the the you know the chase scenes, uh, characters with like dark pasts and skeletons in their closets. What um, no things that they feel like trapped by. That's the thing that sure. recurs in John Ford movies. That's the thing that we see in multiple John Wayne characters. Like something dark happened in their past that they're either running away from or trying to avenge or something like that's, you know, and that's, that's here too. And it was this movie and the fact that this is such a good movie and the fact that this is such a popular movie mm -hmm. that, that, that canonized all of that, that codified yeah. it. And, and it was like, ah, oh, now that's a Western. That's what you do. That's how you make a Western. So, yeah, I mean, it it suffers a little bit in modern watchings because of that, because so much of it feels so familiar, because it's been borrowed from so extensively. But I think it's terrific. I think it's beautifully made, uh, really well acted, nicely paced, and um, one of the quintessential Westerns, you know? So if, if you are a fan of Western movies and you've never seen it, you should see it just to say you saw it, you know? Because it's like being, it's like you should see Jaws. You know, you should see Jaws, regard ap apart from whether or not you think it's a good movie. We both mm. think Jaws is a great movie, but yeah. regardless of its quality as a movie, you should see Jaws because Jaws is a really important movie that set the tone for decades to come. And Stagecoach is another one of those kinds of movies. If you if you love movies, and especially if you love movies of this genre, you should see this movie at least once because it will be the key that unlocks the entire thing. So anyway, I recommend it. That's what I have to say. Here's what I have to say. I wish, oh, this is what I'm going to picture whenever I watch Unforgiven. Okay. That Clint Eastwood is shooting this movie in the mouth <laughs> at the end of the movie in the bar. Yes. And it's saying, I don't deserve this. I started in genre. <laughs>
I'll see you in hell, William Money. And he goes, mm-hmm, and he shoots him right in the fucking mouth. The end. <laughs> I realize that this started off a genre that so many things are stolen from it, and so many people stole, just stole from it altogether, just stole everything. But it doesn't sure. make it an enjoyable movie experience for me. I watched it, and I was bored. I was just bored and pissed off at all the shit that they were doing. Oh, the, the noble Confederate soldier, fuck off. Oh yeah. look! All the Apaches are bloodthirsty. Fuck off! Look, here's a here's a real Native American person. Let's frame the camera on him and stare at him like he's a fucking monkey in a zoo. Fuck off! Let's have a prostitute character, but not say she is. What? Fuck off! Let's have a woman that's pregnant. Why can't we say these pregnant? You know, back in the 1800s, it was perfectly fine being pregnant. No, we can't because we can't because of the whatever. Fuck it. Fuck off. I watched this movie and I was just like, okay, come on, let's go. I'm not a big John. I'm not a big John Wayne fan. Just yeah. No. He had one setting and that was pretty dull. And, you know, that's all of his movies, whether it was The Quiet Man or whether it was one of the 9,000 Westerns he was in or his, his army movies or whatever. You know, he was a fucking fraud. He was never a cowboy. He was never a soldier. He didn't serve in World War II. He's a fucking coward and I'm tired of you go, yeah, John Wayne, shut up the fuck, John Wayne. Take your John Wayne statue that you bought down to the Stuckies and stick it up your ass, goddammit. <laughs> but I could see he's a young guy and girls probably went home and masturbated to him or something. Guys wanted to be like him. I don't care. I don't care. When I watch this movie, I'm watching it going, okay, so this started a lot of Western tropes, all of which I fucking hate. So I can look back at this and go, I hate that trope, I hate that trope, I hate that trope, and I hate that trope. I hate all of them. And the movie industry, learning nothing, and it wasn't until like the 1950s that people started going, okay, you know what? Let's start making movies a little bit different. Let's start try trying to do something different with these. You mean in 3D? Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Get out. How about someone who has a past and is ashamed of it? And legitimate, legitimately seems shamed of it. Who will watch that movie? That movie was Shane. Yes. And everyone watched it. And the reason why Shane is remarkable is because of its story and characters. Instead of this, where it's, once again, you know, how many movies are we going to see where there's some guy taking revenge for his family or, you know, there's the drunk character for comedy relief because alcoholism, alcoholism is funny, not sad. It's always funny. It's never sad. Right, Hollywood? <laughs> exactly. All he has to do is get over his fucking drunkenness is to just drink some coffee. Boy, oh boy, I wish the doctor out in fucking South Dakota had sobered up before he poked my grandmother's eye out with his fucking thumb, the drunk doctor fuck, when my grandmother was being born. Sorry, that was a little personal, but it's absolutely true. Nobody gave him coffee? Drunk doctors aren't funny. Drunk doctors are dangerous. They slap around here. And have some coffee and you're fine. No, I'm still pretty <laughs> drunk. I'm going to kill the paper and I'm going to kill the mommy. No, get in there. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Get in there. This is Hollywood drunk where you just snap out of it. You can just shake it off. And you're perfectly fine. And you're not sad. You're not sad. You're literally being kicked out of a town. You're not sad. You're funny. It's funny. You're funny. You have you love life. And we can we can tell the story about the prostitute so long as she leaves the country with her murder boyfriend and they just leave. 
That's right. <laughs> they, live hap- they live happily ever after alone on their ranch in Mexico. Here's the thing. I don't give a shit if the if the fucking Lucas boys or whatever they're called. What are they called? The Peabody's, the Pollock. The, the, the what are they plumbers, called? It's something. They? The plumbers. The plumbers. What the plumber brothers? So Mario and Luigi, they're being. <laughs> and, and Christopher, Christopher Plumber. And Christopher. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I don't give a shit. You know why? I didn't know his his brother. His brother and his and his father could have been complete assholes as far as we know. We don't know. Oh yeah, we beat some kids to death and the and the plumbers took revenge. And now I've got to kill them because they killed <laughs> this what this is the what makes me a great character. Why are the we cycle of violence must continue? Why were you in prison, Ringo? Sh- shut up. Shut up. It had nothing to do with kids. Shut up. It had, it had nothing. She told me she was eighteen. <laughs> like they give a shit. I know it's the it's the old west. They didn't even it's the they old didn't, west. There were no laws. They hadn't even they thought of making that illegal. Felt. Well, today the death penalty is for bad mustaches. Get up on the gallows. What? I was fine yesterday. You said I had a great mustache. I changed my mind. Fuck you. Get up nope. there. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know me. I hate the sanitized West. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, is this movie clean? Oh boy. Mm-mm-mm. It's like, oh, here comes the cavalry, literally blowing a trumpet to kill more Native Americans. Great. That's great. I, boy, oh boy, yay. We killed Indians at the end. Hooray, great. We killed some white people too. We killed some people. Like, whatever. Shut up. We killed three white people in addition to the dozens of oh, Apache. Um, yeah, murder, murder, the solution <laughs> to everything. Here comes the Indians, kill them. Problem solved. Oh, here's the guy who killed your mother, your brother, and your father. Kill them. Problem solved. Kill them too. Just kill fucking everyone. Fuck it. I don't care. This is fucking the love boat. If the love boat was being attacked by Somali pirates at the end, I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Break out the weapons. Break out the weapons. Here comes the Somali pirates, and they shoot, and they shoot. And oh, here comes the U.S. Navy to the rescue. Dramatic dramatic push in on Captain Steubing, cocking a rifle like that, flipping it around in his hands. But I mean, that's what I mean. I acknowledge its place in history. I acknowledge what it did. But I don't particularly find it good. And that one push-in shot, yeah, okay, he gave a pushing shot to a character who ultimately I fucking fell asleep. I don't give a shit about him or what he wants to do or how much how hard of a boner he has for a woman he proposes to after knowing her for two days. What amazing things that they talk about in the two days, Steve. Sometimes what? you just know. Sometimes you just know when you found the one. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you three yeah. years later. Blown out vagina is giving him two kids. She's gonna find him in the arms of some <laughs> sweet senorita, and she's gonna have a gun when she finds him. And she's like, "You see, you this is the sequel. Me, this is the sequel that you should write. You should take out your your, your <laughs> negative writing dark, code. bleak sequels to every happy, frothy fucking movie that I've ever watched that I fucking hated. Okay, fine." Game on, I'll, I'll write the Alice, and then she takes revenge on his ass. Mm-hmm. The prostitute's revenge is what I'm, what I'm, is what I'm calling The it. prostitute's revenge. That's what I'll call it. Fuck it. I don't care. Anyway, I didn't like it all that much, so I'm not going to recommend it. Steve? 
Five, I recommend seven, it. Just yes, shut yes, up. I, recommend I know it. what you want. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I knew I it the entire it. time I was describing this. Westerns. I, want I was only- watching this and I'm like, oh, Steve's going to love this. Steve has morals except when he's entertained. Anyway, that's, right. So- <laughs> that's right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, hey, Steve, what are you going to not recommend? Well, you know, every time we do a John Wayne movie, I get to not recommend a lousy John Wayne movie because well, you got, even though you got plenty, even I know, even though I defend him whenever we do his one of his movies because I do prefer him, I, I like him as an actor more than you do. Um, but you can't deny that his his filmography is full of a whole bunch of shit. And this time around, I am not recommending a movie that uh, he made in the '60s. In the mid '60s, in 1964, actually, where John Wayne plays the owner of a circus, right, and it's called Circus World. And John Wayne plays the owner of a circus. He's a he's an aging Wild West show star in the 1890s. Wait, okay. the, the The movie came out in the '60s, but it's set in the 1890s, mm-hmm. and. So he owns a circus and he's taking his circus on a European tour, except when they get to Spain to start the tour, the boat that has all their circus shit on it capsizes and they lose all their circus stuff and they have to to close the circus and they're all stuck in Europe. But John Wayne says, I'm not going to accept defeat. No, sir. I'm going to get a job with a Wild West show here in Europe. I'm going to save my money and I'm going to scout all new acts and i'm going to put together a brand new circus and that's just what he does and also there's some stuff where he reunites with his long lost love and uh and a bunch of other boring shit than a bunch of other bullshit so it's a it's not a good movie actually i actually watched it over the weekend because i had never seen it but i was looking for movies to not recommend and i was scanning john wayne's list and i thought oh that sounds promising um so and it's on youtube for free for anybody who wants to watch it because it's not super great um but so i looked it up uh on rotten tomatoes because you know i like to do that thing where i i read you negative uh quotes from reviews of the movie but this movie is so little seen and so largely forgotten that most of the of the pull quotes from from movie reviews for it weren't really all that memorable or they, they didn't have enough of a punch so what i did was i wrote my own so i wrote my own imaginary pull quotes from non-existent negative movie reviews of circus world just to just just to conjure the feeling that i like to have in this segment so so these are these are mine these aren't from real reviews but this is what i think this sort of the the reviews that this movie deserves this is what they would have sounded like so here's Mm -hmm. the first one Mm -hmm. the movie that proves the only thing more shitheaded than an acrobat working without a net is a director working without a script Start nice and easy. Start nice and easy. Slide into it. Here's another one. Here's another one. Filmed in Barcelona and Madrid, the production of this film represents the most heinous invasion of Spain since the Visigoths. Fucking Christ. Okay. Oh, I kind of like that one. It's it's historical. You know. Okay. Here's Mm -hmm. here's another one. Here's another one. You have to you have you have to think about this one. Being forced to sit through this entire movie is the sadest show on earth. What? 
because it's you know the circus is the greatest show oh, on earth. Oh, okay, okay. So it. this I is thought... the sadist show on earth. That's great. Sadistic. And finally, right. this is the last one. And no. this one is a thinker. This one is a thinker. You really Please have to pay it. attention to this one. One more. No more. Why? <laughs> one more. Okay, do it. If I said I loved it, I'd be a fibbing wildly. Okay, but I, if next, I the next movie we but, do. I but, pray but, to God. That there are people you can quote. <laughs> if I said I loved it, I'd be a fibbing wildly. But if I said I liked it, I'd only be a lion tamer. Okay, so now I've got to come up with fake. Are you now? Fake are you people gonna, who love I... to quote quotes, full quotes of people who love circus world. You don't have to come up with it. You can read real ones if you want, or we there can just move real on. ones. You couldn't even find bad ones. What are you talking about? How am I supposed to find real ones? We'll just, we'll pause the recording. You go watch this movie right no, now. Come back, write some fake it. quotes. I don't have to. Here, I'll, I'll come up with some of my own since I know I've written so many bad, bad ones already. I love Circus World. My father watches it instead of beating me. There you go. There's a good one. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I watch Circus World while tripping balls on acid. I think it's good. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Circus World, while I was misleading about the title because I thought it would be literally a world that is a circus, which is a personal nightmare, turns out to be a relatively boring movie about a guy who owns a circus. 10 out of 10. What? <laughs> I like I like circus. 10 out of 10. I like circus. <laughs> There we go. Great. Hey, Steve. Yes, sir. Hey, Steve. Guess what? What? Oh, I got to come up with my You got to recommend I? yours. Yeah. I don't want to. Since I didn't like this movie very much, I'm going to recommend another movie from 1939. And God knows there's no good movies in 1939. <laughs> Such right, a lousy Steve? year. Such a lousy year for movies. Everybody well, knows 1939 was a terrible year for movies. The movie I'm going to recommend may not necessarily be the greatest movie in the world. It is definitely something that I love. It's not really based on anything except for the characters. What we're going to recommend is the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, with oh. with the uh, you know what's his name ba Basil Rathbone, Basil and Rathbone. Nigel Bruce, and Nigel Bruce, yeah. and more. There's a guy playing Moriarty and a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm not going to tell you because you want to see it because it is a it is a mystery movie. I'm not the biggest fan of him anymore. Of Rathbone, yeah. Yeah, I think he's been surpassed. They kind of dulled a lot yeah. of his edges. Yeah, yeah. No one's gonna, no one's gonna beat Jeremy. Uh, not Jeremy Iron. Jeremy Brett. Jeremy Brett. Yeah. No one's ever gonna beat him. And he's always number one. You, you, if you go on YouTube and you look at the best Sherlock Holmes, he's always number one, unless someone's fucking gone crazy and said, no, actually, uh, uh, well, actually, you know what? Scores really high, and I, I'm kind of curious to see it. There's a Russian Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I always, I've never actually watched any of it, but it gets, it's really highly regarded. I yeah. know, and that shows that Sherlock Holmes fans are desperate. But <laughs> this one's not bad. You know, it's Sherlock Holmes. It's who you picture, probably picture when you picture Sherlock Holmes. And it's not he, bad. Yeah, he he looks the part. I mean, and he looks like he just came right out of an illustration. There's so many movies, Steve, in 1939. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus, The Wizard of Oz came out, The Women, and this movie, although everyone's like, woo, woo, woo. what else came out? 
the Arizona kid. Uh, was was a mice and men? Was that thirty nine? I don't think of mice and men with thirty nine. Was it or was so. it earlier? No, let's see. The top ten movies of nineteen thirty nine were. Oh, Jesus. Gone with the wind. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That's one, yeah. Now, here's the thing. You guys wanted to know how popular Gone with the Wind was? It was number one at $18 million. That's at $19.39. $18 million. And second place was Mr. Smith goes to Washington at $3.5 million. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Dodge City, which isn't great. Um, the Women, and then Drums Along the Mohawk. Those are the top ten. Um, let's see what else. Oh, The Hand of the Baskervilles was out this year. That was the, actually the very first one adaptation with Basil Rathbone. They released yeah, two of them yeah. in one year. They released two of them. So it's kind of like, okay, Jesus. Um, Just crank these fuckers out. <laughs> But, you know, it's not bad. So that's my recommendation. You like that movie too, right, Steve? Yes, I do. I don't have to make yeah. whole quotes for that, this movie, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, right? I like the Rathbone Sherlock Holmes. I, I agree with you. Like, if I'm going to watch a Sherlock Holmes, I'll probably go for the Jeremy Brett version. Although I do, mm-hmm. I, I also like, I like um, Peter Cushing, but so little of his actually survives. Yeah, no. Um, but I like the, uh, the the Peter Cushing Hound of the Baskervilles from 1958, I think, mm-hmm. is is my is that's actually he's my a little movie. he's a little too old for me for Holmes, but you know that's just me. Yeah, well, by the time he did the TV show in the '60s, he was a little old. But in the '50s, um, for the Baskervilles movie, I thought he was just about perfect. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, Basil Rathbone was good. I have nothing against him, but it's just yeah. that there's other there's other people that did it later that I think were better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Steve, guess what? What? It's time for you to make a terrible choice. Oh boy. And this time we're going back to anime movies because shit, we've really missed all the major anime movies concentrating on fucking goddamn Studio Ghibli films. We forgot everybody else, Steve. Oh, damn us. Damn us to hell. And even this time, there's still a Studio Ghibli movie in our in our selection. Oh, I bet I'll pick that one. Probably. All right, Steve, you got to pick A, B, or C. Okay. You pick them. A, B, or C. <sighs> okay. Japanese film. <laughs> you do it. A, B, or C. Okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna let it ride, and I'm going to say A again. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to let it ride. Right ahead. You predicted what you were going to do, and then you did it. I picked the Ghibli one? Yes. Oh, fuck. Well, anyway, you, I can't wait to try to have this description of the plot. If oh you if had you chosen B, we would be doing Akira. We're never doing it. I don't know why I keep putting it in there. You <laughs> We're never, never doing it. If you chosen C, we would have done Ghost in a Shell. Ooh, Probably okay. have, you've seen that, right? Uh, once. I have, yes. yeah, yeah, me too. It's been a long yeah. time. But you chose A. What everyone selects is the number one greatest anime movie ever made in Japan ever by anybody with hands the movie that we're going to review next is Spirited Away hooray so if you want to get all the jokes or try to figure out why we're confused then please (laughs) watch Spirited Away for uh, next time we do the thing I'm sure you can find it somewhere right Steve 
I, I would say so, yes. Yay. So that's it. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. This is Jason Harding. And until next time, go see a movie. I'm not going to tell you this week. Just go see a movie in general. Just see a movie. Help support the industry that we fucking hate. Yeah. Go see a movie. <laughs> Help artificially keep it afloat. <laughs> it's um, only going to be a matter of time before it's a bunch of fucking executives getting blown by children while pressing a button that says movie. Movie! <laughs> and it movie. just spits out. <laughs> Don't can we not have the monsters win? Isn't that possible that we can just not have the fucking monsters win? I'd like to believe. I'd like to believe it is, but it may not be. I know it may not be. The monsters (laughs) gonna win. (laughs) And this has been Steve Shives. And remember, folks, you can't break out of prison and into society in the same week. No, you gotta let some time pass. Yeah, you gotta wait. Don't don't yeah. don't don't be in a hurry. You can't do it right away. Or you can you know you can start a presidential campaign. You right? <laughs> you can start a presidential campaign like immediately. And you'll have a yeah. bunch of gomers who'll just follow every fucking word, no matter how dumb you sound. No matter, yeah. how, much, no matter and how, remember, how many words if, you mangle. Because remember, if they try to hold you accountable for your crimes while you're running for president, that's election interference. That's right. That's election interference. You can cry like a baby, cry like a big girl to pop that thumb out of your mouth and go, wah, wah, I'm not a man, wah. And they'll love it. They'll they'll think you are a man for crying like a big fucking baby. You know why? Because we have an abuse problem in this country. People are suffering from abuse. How do we get here? Fuck it. No. Just don't. Why did you have to pick that quote? Isn't there another quote that you could pick? Isn't there something um, in there that's derogatory to Native Americans or women or Mexicans? How about, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? There are some things a man just can't run away from. Yeah. Like a cheetah. <laughs> exactly. Or like can't a get fast car. Or a fast car. Yeah. A fast yeah. Car. Or, a, or a cheetah driving a fast car. A cheetah driving a car. Yeah. That's right. You can't run away from those those things. Or like, yeah. like a car, but instead of wheels, it has four cheetahs. That's right. Oh, yeah. A car made out of cheetahs driven yeah. by a cheetah. A cheetah That's car right. driven by a cheetah. Or the roadrunner. Yeah, can't not outrun re- one of those. Not real road runners because they're boring birds and they're stupid. I'm talking about the road runner from the, the road cartoons. runner from Ludington. Yes, and he defies the laws of physics all the time. Yeah, and he kills coyotes and well, really coyote cool, did not ways. know the powers of the road runner. <laughs> Poor coyote. What else can you not outrun? Time. How about that? Can't outrun time, right? Nope. What else can you not outrun? What was the original? You can't outrun what? Prison? You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't break out of prison and into society. I don't care about. No, I hate that one. What was the other one? You're running from something. There are some things you just can't run away from. That's right. But there are plenty of things you can run away from, like babies. (laughs) Oh, if you can't run away from a baby, then yeah. I said a baby in a wheelchair. A baby in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Well, no, because a baby doesn't have the upper body strength to propel the wheelchair themselves. So they have to be pushed. So you can easily run away from a baby in a wheelchair. That's right. Or a snake with a you know, broken back. You know, <laughs> oh, man. You know what? You, I mean, you know what they ought to just what they ought to call a baby in a wheelchair? A baby no. in a chair. 
<laughs> a baby chair. A baby in a chair. A baby so she's in not a chair. Going any, so no. She's not going anywhere. Same difference. High chair, wheelchair. Wheelchair. It's making the, the same, place. same same amount of locomotion from the baby. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. You know what else? Yeah. You cannot run a bullet from a gun. Who taught me yeah. that? Oh no, that's outsmarter bullet. I was thinking a Robocop. You can run away from Robocop pretty easy. Yeah, he's pretty slow. So you can run away from Robocop, babies yeah. wheelchairs. That's why they give him the gun, because he so he won't, you know, he they they know he won't be able to catch you. Snakes with broken backs. Snakes, a snake with a broken bag is pretty good. But if they're all riding on top of a of a car made out of cheetahs, then there's no hope. Driven by the roadrunner, you're fucking dead. There's no way, right, Steve? No, no way, no way. No. I mean, I guess maybe you could climb a tree. I don't know. Can cheetahs climb trees? No, they don't. They're made for running, Steve. Yeah, well, then you just climb, get, find yourself a nice big tree and climb up before the cheetah car can catch you. That's right. But then the puma will get you. <laughs> Maybe Bye, they're okay. Everybody. The, no, the we can't. No, we're the, so crazy. We're right done. Now. We okay, we're done. It can't be. If we keep going, we're, they're just going to white guys adding, with white, and white coats are just going to add walk cats. in and take me away. We're just adding jungle cats to the metaphor. <laughs> Oh, an otter is a water cat. That's what they. No, they're not cats. They're otters. That Shut doesn't up. count. Have we gotten to otter already? We have. We've <laughs> blown. We've blown through all the actual cats, and we're like, what about an otter? Can we get what an otter? An otter? Or something? Are there cats in space? Well, there all will be eventually. I mean, I mean Russia did sure. send a lot of animals up there. There's probably some dead ones floating around up there somewhere. <laughs> what if that's the secret that every every fucking everyone that we've sent into space they have to get really quiet as they pass by Laika's capsule I'm like oh, oh shit you oh can there's see that him. dog you can, you oh, can see fuck. him you know he doesn't rot in space so he kind of looks alive Jesus Christ why'd they put a window in that fucking thing I don't thing? know why they put a window in there he just stares at us oh poor oh. guy Jeez. Oh, here comes the parade of cats that they sent oh, up oh <laughs> they sent up so many cats why <laughs> there's the first Captain Ham we're not supposed to talk about managed <laughs> to open the capsule door and get out he's just stuck on an umbilical <laughs> no helmet <laughs> Shh, we have to turn off the cameras while we're up here we don't want school children to see the nobody's carnage. supposed to know about any of this this is a fucking graveyard it's like the fucking <laughs> rainbow valley of space there's the crew of apollo 20 what <laughs> <laughs> Shh. you didn't see that Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> All right, we're done. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.